wanted to say is um, I think this, you know, obviously for change to occur, and that's one of the things that I, I, I would love for us to be talking about as a church, what there is going to be a sense of what can I do. And I think part of it is we've talked about an awareness, an awareness you bring to yourself, awareness you bring to your family. Some of that awareness really comes from just having another conversation with people who aren't like you, don't think like you, and not walking away feeling I'm right, but more walking away saying, what can I learn? How can I love this person? What does this look like? How do I grow as a person from that perspective? Um, I think Jesus was the model of being able to um, come before people where people really felt heard and loved and supported. And and so I, I, I see that awareness piece which is bringing more people into your circle so that you have different perspectives. I also see the activism piece. One of my concerns that, so first let me just say this, Brian, um, there's lots of callings that people have with regard to professions, vocations, et cetera. Today, if I was to pick one that I wouldn't want to ever go into, it would be in the police force. I, I just, I go, I hate to say it, you almost, the rules have changed so much there. It's almost like uh, you can't win kind of thing, and that's just my personal feeling. I'm maybe off, but I think if I was to do that, I'd have a have to have an extreme call from God for that. So thank you for serving. I want you to know how much I appreciate what you individually do and others who um, serve with you in that. I also want to say, though, in the other perspective, when I think of like what you have talked about in the black community, that there's a statement that says the, the wheels of justice move, and you can go dot, dot, dot very slowly. And the reason I say that is because we said we've made progress. Let's face it. Um, our country began with a constitution that all were created equal. And yet in that time, there was a kind of a philosophical white supremacy kind of thing because there was still a sense that blacks were three-fifths of a person. Women didn't have the right to vote. You could just keep going on. There wasn't equality. So when there isn't, the unrest boils to a point, and Julian, you said it so well, it, it hits like a, a, a flood on a dam that eventually breaks it forth. And we have that break forth in the Civil War, which tore our country apart. And yet we made progress, and then soon after that, all the Jim Crow and everything started moving down this way again. And it took years for us to move into another place. And I don't want to single out blacks. There's all kinds of prejudices. Um, there's a racism and then there's an unconscious bias that comes up often when we're fearful, insecure in those kind of places that we're not even fully aware of, which we need to come conscious of. But it went down this way and it started up again till Martin Luther King Jr. And we saw another break and move forward. And then we saw it kind of head back down. I'm praying this George Floyd and all the ones recently that have been taped that we can't get away from bring about change. But I do know the wheels of justice move slowly. It moves, but I'm hoping we can move them a little quicker. And one of the ways to do that is through an activism that I hope we'll talk, um, maybe make available for the churches. Legislation is an important part of changing institutions. Talked about individuals, but there's institutional things that are embedded. And those are two things that I talk about that I think is important to talk a little bit about. Uh, those are, I think, good observations, Kevin. One of the things I would say is, you know, and and again, here, 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 here beyond the words when I say this, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, we talk about the weight of the badge is one of the things you'll hear, and is one of the things I said to my wife this week uh, because this has been a this has been a long, hard week for her as well, um, and uh, because again, she knows what what I represent and what the people that she knows that I work with represent. Um, 
But one of the things that happens when these discussions happen is that the the all of societal will, uh, I'm sorry, all of societal ill fall on the police force. And the the reality is, well, I mean, you can't you can't dispute what you saw last Monday, and that's wrong for wrong's sake, period. Um, but the riots, I understand, are and and, and I should say, I'm I'm pretty clear to say. Unrest and riots are two very different things. Um, so I'm going to say the unrest uh, because I, I believe for the most part rioting is something totally different. The, the, the unrest where people are saying this is not okay, rightly so, they're saying it's not okay. The reality is that what's not okay is not just how policing is happening. What's not okay is how education is not happening and how economic opportunity is not happening and how housing opportunity is not happening. So, again, not to diminish even a little bit the incident that occurred, but part of what leads to those kind of conditions societally are much broader than, than how law enforcement um, does its job. One of the things I've said the last number of years, Kevin, to your point is, as, you know, as we've progressed, one of the things that bothers me about how we as a society function as it relates to these law enforcement incidents that, that we know of is – the, the pot's been simmering for hundreds of years, and, and it, so it continues to simmer. And then we have, we have um, Michael Brown. We have um, Jamar Clark. We have these incidents of these names that we know of, and the heat turns up, and that pot starts, starts boiling up a little bit more. And uh, eventually what happens is time passes, a couple weeks, month, two months. We turn the heat back down, and we get back down to a simmer. Now I will be the, the in the front of the line to say when I when when my pot's boiling when when Heather and I are having a disagreement when I'm hot that's not the time to have the conversation about how are we going to change this dialogue this relationship um, but that's what we want right now right now is not the time to have real constructive conversation about moving forward because we're going off of emotion so she and I are going to step away for a couple days. We'll come back together when we're both calmer, and then we can look at it with more open eyes. My problem with how we handle these things is we're, the, the pot's boiled off right now, no question about it. The pot is going to turn down. It's going to simmer down. And what we tend to do then is um, we tend to then walk away from those conversations, either because we want to move on to um, – you know, you talk about privilege. I'm not going to say white privilege. You talk about privilege. If the image isn't in front of me anymore and I'm not dealing with it every day, so I'm going to go back to life. So I'm now done having the conversation, done with my social media posts. We're not going to have the conversation. Those who are apart, who are affected by it, are trying to to get ahead of what's against them and move forward. And so they're consumed with that. And so the conversation then dies. And then the next time we have something, that pot boils more. We just keep having this cycle where when it slows down, we stop the conversation. And I, I think we have to change that dynamic. I, I want to ask if it's okay, Christy, to moderate just for a second. When I talked to uh, Julian about white privilege, it's kind of, I think the hairs of his neck went up because he, you can explain your thoughts. But I love what you said. It, you kind of define it more like home field advantage. Why just share a little bit around your thoughts on that. Coming from a black community and you hear like white privilege, and I think you bristle a bit. Yeah, and I think it stems from, again, the broader perspective and individual experience, right? So I'm a firm believer in our country, right, and in, in in the Western revelations that have come, 
right? I'm a firm believer in, in, in Christianity and, and, and the model that's there. And so for, from that seedbed is basically how I lead my life and how I teach my kids, right? So I teach them about civil liberties and what, what's, what's been indoctrinated or what's been uh, uh, substantiated, right, for us all, in individuals, right, at the individual level, because that's where I come from. Um, and, and then I also talked about civil rights. Like, hey, look, there is some kind of discrimination there, to your point. Um, and so that's – but that angle – has enabled me to come from Terror Town in Chicago, right? Seeing everything I saw um, and being with family members that cared, right? That really cared and didn't subscribe to the public, you know, outcries, right? I know what it's like to be a contrarian and, and I come from that kind of family. And so I like that. And I, I see what it can do for you. I also see what it can do for you to, to subscribe to certain things. And I'm not saying that... Uh, maybe that's wrong. It doesn't have its place in the body, but it's not mine. And so when I hear white privilege or a lot of different things, it's not that I don't think that there's validity in it, but that's, that's where things aren't simple, right? There's a portion of truth in some of it, I'm sure. Um, and I can even identify what some of that is, or identify with what some of that is. But then it comes to my attention that, look, this is just majority majority uh, privilege, right? Like if I went to China or if I was a white person that went to Rwanda, for example, guess what it would be? If I was dealing with the Tutsis, the Tutsis have privilege over the, the, I forget the other tribe, but you can, I think perspective is lacking for a lot of folks. And I think it's a maturation. I didn't have this perspective when I was getting in all kind of trouble. I was probably, you know, a pain for the crystal police department at one point in time. Right. But, um, it's, it's one of those things where it sounds good, it feels good to yell and scream when you're mad, and uh, and that's you know that's a human that's a that's an animalistic tendency, right? Here, here's the thing I realize: I love that sin perspective because that is a fact. There are bad actors and good actors, and it's always going to be evil, right? We, I mean, we see it, and we we read it, we understand biblically why that's in the world, <clears throat> and so. To me, to simplify it and to label it as a, a ruling class and or a patriarchy, I mean, you can uh, you can associate it to that, but I don't know what good that dirt that does does for you and or this country, because we're in a country that you know we're mentioning change before, right? When I lived in Germany, they don't they don't individuals can't enact change like we can do it here. If I if I couldn't succeed through the academic route, right? Because my IQ or whatever whatever it is, um, guess what? I can go ahead and, and try you know try a, a a trade for example. I can choose my trade. And guess what? If I don't want to be an employee and be told what to do all the time, or have someone do the thinking for me that I execute, I can become an entrepreneur, which I have. And one of the things that I love about that autonomy and the civil liberties that I have is that I didn't nobody else is responsible for what I do. And I loved I loved when I got to that realization, but it was painful to get to. And I think a lot of folks are trying to short circuit the pain. And here's what I'll say, my wife is a white Norwegian English teacher and a consultant for teaching other teachers how to basically deal with unconscious bias and they do IAT tests and all these implicit things, right? And I I subscribe to those too now in my consulting and coaching uh, realm. 
But here's what I've learned with the psychological community and psychometrics, if you will, is that there's a lot of disagreement and a lot of ill-informed data there. And what I've come to to learn myself is that um, people have a lot more inner wisdom. There's 80 billion cells in our brain, more complex of of, of the thing than anything in the universe at at this current known state scientifically. This is what I love about God and Jesus and, and religion is it challenges us on the upper limits of what we're capable of doing, not for ourselves, but for the greater good. And quite frankly, you can't have that thought in that belief system and the belief system that there's a white privilege. I'm not obsessed with you or anyone else controlling me. I'm not obsessed with it. I might use it to help motivate me in some kind of way. And I have in my past going to a, a mostly white school in Soderton, Pennsylvania, right? Where I had my first fight because of racism. Somebody called me a name that you can imagine. And we had a fight. Guess what? 10 years later, we're good friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've learned that that pains, that bullying, so to speak, has a, a flip side to it that isn't always logical. And people are people. I, I you know, I, I don't know. There's a lot more to that, but I've said a lot already. But that's, yeah, so that's the, that's the, that's the angle gonna, I come from. I'm going to pull Christy out of the moderator seat, and I'm going to ask you what you're thinking and your thoughts on this. You have been wonderful being objective, but we've got just a, a few minutes more, and I'd love for you kind of we'll wrap up with this if you just kind of share some of your thoughts, Christy. You know, I'm sad. I'm, I'm sad, and it's hard when the war comes to you. You know, it's easier when the war is somewhere else, and the war has come to us, and not just the violence, but the conversation. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking in, and I, at, my, at the company, uh, there's a lot of things that need, I didn't even realize. I have a development program, for example, for um, all the, you know, the, the upper, as people go through the company and, and leadership, and I, I'm doing an audit, and I was thought it was a very diverse program because the books and the the different things. It's it's women and men. Well, guess what? I had never looked at diversity before. I never looked to see how many black voices or different voices are in that material, and that pains me. That it it never crossed. I'm ashamed that I never thought about it before. And I'm I'm glad that we're having difficult conversations, and and I hope it isn't a one off. I hope that this isn't like well everything's rebuilt and we're good. You know. Um, We've had some amazing conversations with our sons and Ben has, you know, we got back from the Bahamas uh, years ago and Ben passed a 20, a counterfeit 20. And guess what? They said, Hey, sir, this is a counterfeit 20. You might want to take it to the bank. Nobody called the police. Nobody did anything. Our 17 year old white son has been, um, he got a speeding ticket, which thank goodness every 16 year old at some point needs a speeding ticket. Uh, and I'm glad the officer gave him a little bit of hard time because he needed that. Uh, but I never worried that he was going to get arrested. And I never worried that he was going to get, um, ban- he was going to have any violence against him. And that's something that, you know, black mothers worry about mm-hmm. and, um, and people who raise black children. So it's a lot of good conversations have happened. And yet I have work to do and we have work to do in our family. And it's too bad it took this to do it. Yeah, I would, I, I guess just to that point, Christy, for what it's worth in terms of some encouragement, uh, sorry, Kevin, or I know you're trying to be done, but no, I would just say that I, I don't, um, you know, Julian talked about white privilege. Um, I think it's easy for us to move into white guilt. Um, and I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's what good people are called to. 
Um, because, because again, as we've been talking about, it's all about the personal experience. And so your personal experience evolves over time. I don't think anybody should feel guilty at any point that they haven't done more, if you will, because it, 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 that, that, that just didn't happen for whatever reason. The point is that when you get the tug, either the societal tug or God tugging on you, that we need to make some change, that I need to change my behavior or whatever, that we listen to that call, I think is, is what's important. But I, I think I would just encourage you and caution anybody um, that to, to feel guilty because of what you haven't done. Um, when we're talking about something so big as this that is much bigger than any one of us, um, I, I think is, no, I think God's now stirring your heart, and now's the time that you're supposed to react to it. So I just want to encourage you in that, that I, I think I think to look forward is fantastic and, and what's my role, but not to look backward and go, well, I, I missed that. I, I, I think that's that's energy that, that uh, I don't think you need to have. I, I love that. Thank you. I do want to conclude this. I do want to say this from a theological standpoint. Uh, it's interesting. Eastern Christianity and Western, by Western I mean moving through to the West, through Rome, etc. Eastern going the other direction through different parts of Asia, etc. There's two different perspectives on guilt. Um, our Western mindset is, is pretty much, I'm guilty, and guilt is good because when you do something wrong, it challenges you to make it right. The, that's an individual guilt. The Eastern thought in Christianity, is there tends to be a thought of, I am guilty, not just individually, but I'm also guilty for um, complicity in not bringing about greater change in the institution, community, etc. So there's two kinds of things that happen here. There should be, in, guilt is only as good as when you understand you did something wrong, you need to change it. Um, there is also a kind of identification of a Daniel, we are sinners, of a Jesus who becomes baptized and identifies that recognizes this is a sinful world. Sin is stained through everything, and part of what the church is called to do is to take responsibility individually, but also called to move into the institutions to bring about change. And for someone, it may be as simple as saying, listen, we won't tolerate that kind of talk here, or we won't tolerate that kind of attitude, uh, or we're going to work towards changing this legislation that gives a home field advantage in some ways unfairly to others. We will always have a home field advantage in every culture. It's just a reality. It's a matter then of how are you going to approach it. And for believers, will we be Jesus people that look into our hearts and say, what do I need to do and how can I begin to be a loving force in my life, wherever that is? So thank you, Christy. Thank you for moderating it. Um, Julian, thank you for taking time to do this and Sandy, for bringing your expertise, especially on some of the legal stuff. Uh, and, and Brian, just know how busy and how tired you have to be. And um, our prayers are with you. And our prayers are with the black community. And our prayers are with all communities, white, red, yellow, whatever, to begin to do what God called us to. He brought us to bring one people. And that's what we're called. You know, where we're colorblind is that we are all made in the image of God. But yet we are all individually made in that image in ways that we have to honor that. So that's what we should And, Kevin, I do think we need to add that it is wrong to treat people as victims. 
It is yes. debilitating to be treated as a victim. And so, uh, you know, to be honoring of the other is to l- listen to them and to consider what they have to say, but n- not because they're victims. Totally, and that's, I think, Julian's point, which I is well taken. You have to take what you have and say, okay, God, Jesus yep. made me not a victim that's what he's trying to teach the slaves of Israel coming out of Egypt. You are not victims of this great power of Pharaoh anymore. There's a much greater power. It's me, and I will empower you to do all that I've called you to do. So on that note, thank you. Let me pray. Jesus, take all that's been said in this conversation and start other conversations that will bring glory to you in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, everybody. Yep. We'll see you.